We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. I'll keep your head up, word, I'll keep your head up, that's right. Whenever this fight get tough, you gotta fight, you gotta with. fight with my homegirl standing to my left. Am I right, true blue? True blue. It's like, like, tight like glue. We are living Yo, I got the. <laughs> The fact that I remember that and that was the first time I heard that song in so long is a true testament to how many times I watched that show. The show is so, 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 so good. I bought the like the the first season, the complete first season on Amazon. And the saddest thing is I can't even go to bed at night because I have to like watch one of the episodes because it just it's so funny. Like... <laughs> It's funny, and I think it's just you know I love I love black people. I love seeing black people in like you know positive spaces and doing stuff, and that's what I miss. And this show just brings me back to the time of being a kid and being like, dang man, like they all doing something. Like even the person that doesn't have like the professional role, which is Overton, he's a handyman, but it's like you know he makes a living for himself. Like mm-hmm. it was just it's just dope. It's really cool. I love 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 this show. Yeah, I have to check it out. I'm surprised it's not on Netflix. You know what I've been watching? I've been watching um Different World on Netflix mm, at night. Yeah, a Different World is dope too. It's like all these '90s shows, yo. Like all of these shows were. It was so much. It was just regular positivity. So we, I feel like we got a lot of good shows with black people um, now. But, you know, a lot of the shows have to be about drama. That's what we're in. We're in the age of the culture of society where we love, like, drama. Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Yeah, no. That's not one of the shows I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's like, we just got to have now, like, it's so much drama. Like, How to Get Away with Murder. Scandal, even the quad, like Greenleaf, all of these great shows, but we like the drama of it. And I just miss these shows where it was like sitcoms. Sitcoms are good. Like there would be like you know some sort of drama that maybe carpet creeped into the show, or every every show had some sort of like conflict that had to be resolved because that's just normal, you know, show writing. But it still was just good like you felt good watching the show like the very first episode that i uh watched i'm i was crying like i was crying i was laughing so hard and i just kept rewinding parts just to hear it again it's just great it's it's really hilarious yeah well you know none of those black actors were british so that might have according to samuel jackson that might have been made it more relatable (laughs) This transition, I like the way this, this transition was good. This this transition was good. None <laughs> of those actors were British. Um, so yeah, Samuel Jackson. Um, so I didn't watch the video. I think you 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 watched the video, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I I think he was just trying to convey that you know black people since they have more of 
the struggle in America, um, they would be able to relate more in that to that character in Get Out than the British actor that was in the movie. I cannot think of his name right now. Um, and so I guess that's what he was trying to convey. But I, I essentially think it's problematic with that because you know, even some, there's some African-Americans who are disconnected from the struggle. So I don't know if it just needs to be a potentially African-American because there could be an African-American that's, you know, that's kind of disconnected from what he might have been uh, portraying in that film. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, all connected to, we all are facing prejudice and racism in this country, but not everybody experiences it to the same degree. So I think, you know, and the fact that he's British doesn't mean he hasn't experienced something similar. Right. Um, so I think that's just, a. I get what he was trying to say, but I think it, it would be painting with a broad brush to kind of make that connection. Right. So I, the, cause I, I didn't watch the video. I just read like highlight clips of a comment and, you know, it could have been splice and dice and it couldn't have been everything. It may not have been everything that he was saying, but I thought that I got the sense that Samuel L was trying to say like, hold on, let's be my, it's, it's not against like the, the British actor, but you know, I wondered for this particular role, you know, what a brother would have been able to do considering that the character himself was, American and it was the the movie itself seemed to appear to kind of take place in American like the you know New England type area like what was what would have this what what could an, uh, an American actor have done with this role that maybe have had tied more to us and like connected to us and you you know you know we I think as a as a viewer, as a black viewer going to view the film, you know, we view we viewed it from our experiences, like the very last scene with, you know, the police. We all felt that moment of like, oh, man, it's over. Then we immediately felt like so proud. And so I think that's what he was speaking to. I don't think he was trying to say like, oh, you know, like all these British actors. And then also, I think we as black people have a tendency to be very protective and on guard because of, you know, rightfully so because of things that happen. And I think. Samuel Jackson was just saying like so potentially what is the system doing or what is Hollywood doing now we see so many you know British black actors portraying our American our black American heroes like is this another form of trying to you know shut us out or make us mm-hmm. you know less than I don't I mean I don't think it was about there being a divide or there being a separation or, you know, one is more black than the other. Like, I don't think that that's where he was going for. Again, I didn't see his work. I didn't actually watch the video, so I don't know all the words he used, but I just got the feeling that, like, that's not what he was trying to say. Like, I think he was really trying to just say, like, yo, I'm a little concerned. And, you know, rightfully so. We, that's what, it makes sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really mm-hmm. think he was, like, on some... I, at least I, yeah. I and I think he was making a statement within the context of a larger conversation. And so, you know, we all, everybody jumps to the part that's the most controversial right. uh, to pull out. And he, he could have been saying that in passing. Right. And just like, you know, oh, okay. And then the next day it's all over the news. Yeah. So. And, and, and it wasn't, he probably was like, it wasn't that big a deal. He did like 
release an apology. I actually re- read his apology before I saw everything else too. So that's how I found out about it. Cause people were like, Oh, there's Samuel Jackson apologizes for his statement. And I was like, well, and it w- really wasn't an, an apology per se. Um, it was kind of a, a deeper explanation of what was going on. So, but yeah, yeah, He's probably so. not giving an apology though. It's uh, T.I. <laughs> to <laughs> his fans, it? his his overzealous fans at the gas station. Yeah, and it was kind of like, don't come up only while I'm pumping gas. It was like, a lot. It really was a. <laughs> yeah, bro was the the only thing that I'll say is like watching the video. I was kind of like, dang, I'm sure, you know, it was obvious the guy was very excited because he saw a celebrity um, being, you know, being a person that probably doesn't. It, yes. it. I don't know if they were in Atlanta. I assume they were in Atlanta, but um, he probably, you know, this is somebody he listened to all the time. He probably felt like, oh, yo, I'm connected to him. So I get, I get like him being super excited i only think i was like i wish he wouldn't have like kind of went in on a dude the way that he went in on the dude like he was it was one of those things where it could be like all right man like you you know you've taken like or even when he said like you took like six pictures like he should have been like it should have been like a laugh it off and like that's done okay but he was like you know you leaning up against my car and you keep taking all these pictures of me it's like bruh like like you just lost the fan. Yeah. And you probably you lost the fan, but more so too, this dude is obviously the dude really, really was like happy about it. And it it's awkward. I personally think it's really awkward um to like run up on somebody and be like, Can I get a picture with you? Unless you're somebody that I absolutely like like if you're a member of boys to men likely i'll get over my pride and be like look i'm gonna ask you for a picture if you're you know if you're i don't have to ask kelly Rowland for it because i do it all the time but like in in a public space to kind of show that like you know i'm a fan i could be like i'll be like oh can i get a picture or something like that Mm -hmm. but you know but if you're like Oprah Winfrey, like I'll run up and be like, hey, can I get a picture of you? But, you know, I, I remember we were in, um, uh, we were like eating. And this is when I was in Jacksonville. And you and Kelly or just you by yourself? It was me and some other friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was me and some other friends. And Lecrae walked in and one of my friends was like, oh my gosh, that's Lecrae. Oh my gosh, I got to ask him if I can get a picture. And it was very obvious that he was trying to be inconspicuous. So I was like, I feel weird. Like, this is so awkward to just run up on somebody and be like, can I get a picture with you? When it's obvious that you are trying, like he had on a hat and some shades at first. He obviously is not trying to have nobody in here, you know, recognize him. It's, I mean, like, why would you be in this building with your hat and the shade and shades off? And immediately, once he got recognized, he ended up taking it off. So I was like, I don't really think that that's what he was going for. But to me, it's kind of weird because I'm like, you're a person too, you know. You want to have your personal space. Like, I, it's kind of weird when you're trying to get something done and somebody interrupts you just because they want to, you know, they want to they want to get a picture. If it's not that setting, like pumping gas, I probably wouldn't have done it. If I saw him like leaving like a an event or even maybe at the mall, it's more of a social setting. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel like if it's not a concert or something where this person is prepared to be me to run up or I see other people doing it, you know, 
don't know if I would approach him. Yeah. I don't know. It depends on who it is. If it was maybe, nah, I don't know. Because I, you know, I'm like really talking to people in public that much myself. So I don't want to impose that on nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody, he, you know, hopefully he will, you know, apologize to the fan. Because, you know, the guy's probably just super, super excited. I think he was should have just like, hey, can I take a picture? If you're going to run up, just take one picture and be gone. The man is pumping gas. Let it go. Don't, you know, don't try to be, you know, pushy. Um, but, you know, maybe he was, you know, trying to think about why he was pumping gas his marriage, you know. <laughs> I'm and sure he's, he's like, not going right. to apologize to Oprah, but I also don't think he was thinking about this marriage. <laughs> <laughs> he is, because he got her back. I'm really, we're really happy for T.I. and Tiny Very reconciliation. Happy Very happy for them. Um, the story came out, BET said that, you know, he apologized and said that, you know, he and his man parts belong to his wife and um, he's not, essentially, it's not going to cheat anymore. And um, Another set of vows. Why are you laughing? I mean, he's trying to give his all. I, I think it's great, but I think that, you know, maybe it's the, 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 the verbiage, like he vowed to save his man parts and himself and give it to his wife, like. Did you not do that when y'all got married? Like, was that not the... Like, what was the purpose of the wedding? Was this like a, you know, it was like before... Maybe it was like a test run, you know. Okay. Okay. You know, all right. I have to see how... Maybe you wasn't ready to fully, you know... It was like trial and error period at first, and then now, you know, now it's real serious, like for real, for real, you know. Yeah. I hope he doesn't cheat on her anymore. Six kids later, now it's time to get real serious. Like, you got They just had family. another baby, which is so weird because I, I know they're like, how old are, is Tiny? I didn't think they would want to have another one, but hey. Yeah, maybe she's like, is she, maybe she's like late 30s. Oh, okay. So I don't I know why I thought she yeah. was 40s. No, I think she, no, I think she's probably late 30s because uh, Candy is like late 30s and, you know, they were. They like oh, yeah, went she to just high had school a baby or something, too. something like yeah. that. Tamika yeah, Cottle. So. Let's see what Wikipedia says. Tamika Cottle is. Oh no, that's not it. Um. Uh, and it is Tamika Harris. It's it's her her, her, her uh, mate name is Cottle. She's forty one. Tiny Harris. Yeah, Tamika. Oh, she's born Tamika Pope, but then she became Tamika Cottle, but now she's. But we call it time. This is a lot. Okay. <laughs> How does she transition? That's different. I don't. Oh, the Pope is her dad's last name. That's what it is. So Pope is her dad's last name. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Gotcha. Cotter Boys. Olivia Pope. Pope. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. This is, is making more sense now. I was a little. I was like, wait, what's happening here? This is, I read something that said 1936 and I was like this can't be the right page but it was actually talking about her dad okay yeah so they just had a new baby I'm real ignorant but I'm not don't say nothing ignorant <laughs> I am um, I'm all for you know I'm all for families making it happen and families staying together that's good I just it's lemonade just, yeah it's just a little weird that um we, we the comment so. right we did so by like I vow now and it's like well what makes now any different than before and 
Who did you say? She said, like, I. that's all she's been waiting for? She's been waiting on him to apologize. And I'm just, I just, I don't know. I just feel like you, you know, my thing about if you marry a rapper, I feel like you sign up for that's essentially you're suggesting that this is going to be an open relationship because I feel like you have to know that they're going to cheat. But, you know, that's just my thought process with with hip hop artists. Um, and I don't want to over I don't want to generalize all of them, but I don't know. It just seems to be the trend. So I wouldn't put much stock in it if I married like a superstar hip hop artist. Well, I was going to say loving. Uh, I remember like. Love Hip Hop, when it first came out, it was kind of like the premise of a lot of them saying, like, you know, um, I remember the what's the the one lady, uh, Jim Jones' girlfriend. What's her name? Uh, I don't know her name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the one that was like the fighter. She was like, you know, as long as he respect me enough to, like, they don't come in my face and I don't know about him, then that means he loved me. And I, just, mm. I remember that being like a whole stuff, a whole big thing. I remember my sister being like, "Oh, she's stupid. Oh, she's dumb. Oh, I'll kill him." Like it was just not. Nobody was going for it, but she was like, "You know, when you marry this, you're dating this type of guy. You know, all these other these other chicks know that they, you know, they're a side chick, and like as long as he's coming home to me, as long as he's." keeping them away from me and I don't he makes sure that I never find out about these girls then that means he loves me and respects me and that whole thing I think the love and respect might be just him not cheating but you know hey that's just my <laughs> that's just my take but you know I don't know you know I don't know did you hear the did you see the meme uh there's this meme it's like a screenshot that somebody said and there's a girl tweeted and she was like uh, women heal like Wolverine when the bank account fat. It was, <laughs> it was like it was two couples, and it was like um, these two women have uh, beautiful relationships because they got over the fact that he cheated, or they got over the fact of a little cheating or something like that. And the girl was like, um, she said, she said itches uh, heal like Wolverine when <laughs> when the bank account's fat. I just thought it was hilarious. It's like. All right. I mean, you look at famous couples like Kobe's wife. Um, I think know, it was actually people. Kobe's. Yeah, it was Kobe's wife. Um, who was in there? I just I just saw a lot. It was pretty funny. But I think they were one of the couples that were in, in the picture. Yeah, I mean, if you leave Kobe, I mean, what, what are you going to go to next? <laughs> it's kind of like... <laughs> you ain't got no choice. <laughs> I think you have a choice, but I mean, considering that she was like homemaker and she hadn't built any well I mean she's if she left him she would not be Shawnee left Shaq and I mean she's and taking care got of but she has five kids yeah they got they got, like, they got a lot of kids too so just off of child support alone she probably was taken <laughs> care of not again not to say that she's incapable of taking care of herself but you know yeah she got her own money with basketball wives and stuff like that so yeah, and then she came in. She got like it's like a basketball wives everywhere. Like, it's like I don't know. I never, I wives. never watched that show. I just thought it was it's all trash TV. Interesting. I I've seen like an episode, but it was never something that I like. Like, oh my god, I gotta watch. But I don't really watch reality TV like that anyway. So it's kind of like, oh okay, just give me some scripted drama. Yeah, scripted drama is where it's at. That is. 
I'm so thankful for the scripted dramas that we have, and I feel like all of our brain cells are very happy as well. <laughs> we're not around here looking stupid at these same recycled storylines of this person fighting, sleeping with this person, and this person don't like this person, and I don't like this person, and now we about to fight, or oh, I'm about to show this person. Like, guys, this it's is... like a real life with Young and the Rest. For real, for real. Maybe that's why they're popular. Anyway. Yeah, because stories used to always be popular. Yeah. Gotta watch my stories. Gotta watch the stories. Anyway, well, that wraps up our mimosas and orange juice. We will be back for our main dish. All right, guys, and we are back with the main dish. And this week, we kind of want to um, we want to talk about confidence uh, because, yeah, it's it's a lot has been happening, uh, you know, around me and for me personally. And it's kind of got me to thinking and talking and thinking about, you know, what confidence means for us as young professionals and ways that we can kind of actively make sure that we're staying on top of that because it, it it's something that kind of comes and goes based on what happens. I mean, I feel like you can be very confident, like, in this one arena, but then your career thrusts you into another area and you just kind of like, you know, wait, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure of myself in this area. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I think I know what I'm doing, but I'm not 100%, you know, positive about this. And so... I feel like it's something that is something that we all that we all face, you know, big or small. And it's something that we have to constantly make sure that we're staying on top of. So I was online, of course, you know, like finding articles. And I found this one article uh, from the entrepreneur that said this was written like a couple years ago. And it was six actions you can take uh, every day to build your self-confidence. And so we just kind of want to talk about, you know, what these things are, what things stood out for us, and then just talk about the idea of confidence as well, because I think it's something that people think that, you know, you have to be like down in the dump all the time and not like, you know, not think that you're good at anything. Well, I think we think of extremes when we start thinking about a person being confident without realizing that sometimes you are you're you're fairly confident in yourself. You know your abilities and you believe in what you can do, but you might just have like a moment or be put in a situation where you're not a hundred percent your confident self and you kinda gotta do some things to be reminded about this. So mm-hmm. yeah. So this this article I'll just I'll just go through really fast and just give out the six things that um the article talks about that you can do to be confident. And the first thing is you can act the part. The second thing is dress the part. The third thing is speak assertively. The fourth thing, the fourth thing is think and act positively. The fifth thing is take action. And the sixth thing is be prepared. So um, let's just get into it. What do you what did you think about um, the article in itself? And was there anything from that that kind of stood stood out to you that you utilized to, like, maintain your self-confidence? I like the article. I think it was a good um a good kind of guy and I like the way they broke up the six things to help boost the confidence um, because I think 
when I would, I'm a proponent of when you look better, you feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the whole dress the part thing, I think it's key when you walk into the room and you know, especially in a professional setting and you're dressed the part, you have a confidence that goes along with it. You know, there's a different level of confidence. I feel like when you get dressed up and you're in a meeting and it's like, you feel like a boss. Well, me personally, I do. Right. And so. And then wrong with feeling like a boss, sitting, trust me. You're sitting there in the meeting and you're dressed apart. And I feel like it brings a level of confidence. But not only that, being prepared, I think it's so crucial. Because I always get, if I'm not thoroughly prepared for what's about to happen, you don't have the confidence because you're like, oh, I don't want to look like an idiot. Yeah. Um, you and start so, second guessing yourself. Yeah. Everything is like, and then you can't make confidence. You can't make you can't speak like with authority about something when you're not prepared. Right. And so that's one of the things like you have that authoritative uh, feel at when you are prepared for something. Um, a certain level of confidence comes when you're prepared and then you're able to speak in a way and articulate in a way that kind of brings um, it's kind of compelling to others that hear it. Yeah. Um, so I think those things really stood out from for me. Yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, the uh, two things that were really, really powerful, and this is kind of coming from like just a personal space of uh, making sure that you think and act positively is, you know, one of the most uh, paramount as well as taking action. The think and act positively, I feel like this is kind of, it, it plays into every part, right? So it's kind of, it, it plays on that idea of like when you look better or, you know, you look better, you dress better, you feel better about it. Um, but also I feel like that kind of garners these positive thoughts for yourself. So you start to think like, you know, I know I look good. I I know that I can do this. I know that I'm going to go in here and people going to be, you know, amazed by how good I looked. Or I'm going to get a couple extra stares or somebody's going to make a comment or compliment and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you're walking around with these positive thoughts in your head. And I think that one of the things that is easy for us to do, especially in the age of social media. And I know that we've kind of talked about that before, but, you know, I feel like confidence and being confident in yourself and not being confident in yourself um, can be easily impacted by seeing everything that's going on in everybody's life. Right. And you have all Mm -hmm. of these external um, things that these external images that are that are constantly being put in your face. Right. And if you're not getting, you know, if you're not putting as much out there as somebody else, or if you're not getting as as many followers or likes or things that I personally think is kind of crazy, but I realize how, you know, this plays a, a part in your esteem and, and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe not so much your esteem, but your confidence in that moment. Because I do believe, I truly believe that like you can be a person that has a high self-esteem, but you know, based on the situation or based on, um, a particular in- interaction, you can start to second guess yourself and question yourself and not be as confident in that moment or in that situation. And you have to fight through that. So I think making sure that you have these positive thoughts, you know, and you're constantly putting those positive thoughts in your head, like positive affirmations, uh, reading something and putting something inside you that makes you you know, confident and believe in yourself. And, you know, you stand on some truths. You hold some truths about yourself. So you write down like some truths. It was one of the things that I remember back in the day when like 
this is like during college time when I really was kind of like at one of my lowest, my lowest points. I remember taking it and just kind of doing this exercise of like, let me write down the things that I think are true about me or that I like about myself and being able to see those, to read those and like start to be like, I know this about me. Like, I know that I'm good at this. I know that I'm this type of person. I know that I strive and I work hard to do this and letting those kind of be the things that, you know, really lead my interactions or kind of change these, these thoughts that come into your head or these negative thoughts that come into your head. Because again, it is, it's something that happens very easily. And I feel like in our time, because we're, we're exposed to so much constantly, like it's just, it's really easy to, to get swayed um, or just kind of lose track of your own ability, your own confidence. So that the, the, the thinking positive was just really stood out for me. And there's another part to that. There's another, I feel like key piece to that is making sure that you're around other people that speak positively about you, but also about themselves and about other people. Um, I think that, you know, I've heard people say stuff like, you know, this person is fake positive and, which is a concept to me that's very weird and very foreign. The idea of being fake positive. I I've guess, never heard that. What does that mean? It's like a a person is just kind of purporting to be positive, but they really not positive. But mm -hmm. that's why I was going to say. They it's do it weird. for the ground. Yeah. And it's weird because it's like, I don't necessarily know how you could be fake positive, but I don't want to say that that's not a thing because I'm sure that maybe somebody is like fake positive. Like maybe you out here saying, you know, giving positive affirmations and putting all this positive stuff out, but you like secretly, you know, hating on a person or talking about somebody, maybe that's fake positive. But for the most part, I feel like, you know, if a person is trying to promote positive thinking or positivity or, you know, mutual love and respect between people, I don't necessarily know if they can really be like fake positive. Cause there's like some good is going to come out of that, you know? Like, True. I, I mean, I, I guess I kind of get it because there was a, a person I knew that was like super happy all the time. And if, I wasn't like close to them, but every time I would see them, they'd be like, oh, my gosh, you're such a mate. You're so amazing. And oh, and just like going in and they did that to people. I just didn't think that they were like that all the time. But I oh, think I'm okay. just. I could be suspicious of people that are like really, really excited all the time. Every time I see them, I just don't think that's real life. But again, that could essentially be their personality. I think it's just so far from my personality yeah. that I don't really, I mean, like how, how do you do that? Like, and not to say I'm not a positive person, but I'm really laid back and chill. So to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like all the time. I just be like, what's happening? Right. Right yeah. now. I can I can definitely see that because it comes off as inauthentic, right? It's like what what what's happening? Like is this positivity really are you acting? Are you it's like is this is this stage? But you know, no shade though. Sometimes white women are like that. And I just be like, My God, what are y'all what the what's in your coffee? White women that listen to our show are really not gonna like you. you no, I'm you, just like, no, you don't want to speak saying. to them in the morning in the office. You think they're too happy because it's too early. <laughs> no, I love. No, I follow you. Friends. I get what you. I have I have white friends. You know how white people be doing. I black <laughs> You are ignorant. I have no, white friends. Oh my gosh, I have. My roommate was white. I, you, the lady at Publix, I speak to her all the time. She's white. 
No, I'm saying that I feel like that they're maybe they just some of them are morning people because yeah. I feel like that with morning people. Period. Like I don't understand how people be really excited before ten a.m. Like, yeah. But, you know, I'm a night out, so people be like, why are you still like wide awake? And it's like one o'clock in the morning. So, I mean, I hate it. I completely understand. I'm, I'm no shade to white women. I'm, <laughs> I'm you know, I love. You. I have friends that are white. You know, you were so ignorant. <laughs> I just want to go on record saying that. You know? I just want to go on record saying that. I have like one Asian friend, so I like multi-ethnic in my circle. So I just want to make that known. <laughs> You're ignorant on so many levels. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but so yeah, so uh, what's the name anyway? So the idea of like having positive people around you, I think that's that's great, and 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 it's it's def- definitely necessary on this process of making sure that you know daily you are staying confident. Um, and the other thing of taking action, I feel like is is key because oftentimes you know it kind of I feel like it kind of plays a role, plays into the part of being prepared, but like you need to actively do things that help you right be confident. Like you can you know if you're a person that might not feel like you look the best or mm-hmm. might not feel like you know your weight is you're happy happy with your body image if you're just not doing anything and you're not you're kind of just sitting around and you know eating whatever and not working out or you know not doing stuff that's going to help that you're not taking any type of action you're not adding to a good outcome when it comes to your you know your appearance and you being confident mm-hmm. in the way you look so it's like you have to actually do work to make these things happen so you got to take some sort of action you can't just sit by idle and hope and pray that it's going to happen um i hear i've heard a number of people you know say things like you know i'm just gonna do my part and i know that god is gonna take care of it and it's just like well you know like he definitely has a, the the power to do it but he also gave you the freedom you know to do things yourself as well so you kind of just saying like I'm going to go out and eat McDonald's every day. And I know God's going to turn around my, my body image. Like, yeah, probably not. It's not going to work that way. Cause it's not, you know, you're not, you're not doing enough. You're not doing your part. You're not taking action to make sure that something happens and something that comes out of this, um, that that's going to be positive. That's going to lead to you being confident in, in terms of the realm of like taking action in terms of health, I think that, you know, when you work out, you definitely feel you've ever worked out and like you knew you needed to work out. You probably work out in a while. And then like the day you go to the gym, like that next day you start feeling like you look better already. You'd be like, Uh oh, shoot, I look slim. And like, look at this. And I look like, oh, shoot. And I can fit these pants or I feel a little more room. And it's not really like a change because it's just been a day. But you just automatically feel better about it. And I think that that comes from, you know, you actively putting in work and taking some sort of action and that leading to the confidence. So those two for me, like really stood out. And I think that they were I think that they are great. I think one thing, though, too, that I want to I want us to, to mention and make sure that we cover is the idea of being successful and 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 confidence and how those two play a role. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's very easy to be successful 
and confident because typically success comes with a lot of like external uh, praise and recognition and, you know, people just knowing that you're the go to person. But I feel like at some point in time, if you're not a person that really has dealt with and really believes in your ability and is really confident in yourself, you know, that can become kind of dangerous, right? Because at some point in time, you're still going to be successful and you can still be successful, but you're not getting as much as praise as mm-hmm. you were, you know, when you first got the success or when you first mm-hmm. got, you know, to this level or whatever. And so you have to believe in your ability to you got to be 100 percent confident in yourself or, you know, really believe in working towards that so that while you're successful, you can kind of maintain that success. Because I feel like so many times we kind of sabotage ourselves from doing certain things just because we don't really believe it. So you might get to this great plateau of success and you'll think like, hey. I'm I'm successful because all these people have told me I'm success, but you can go to a new level and another level. But at this point, it takes you believing in your success because other people already just think, oh, you can just do it. And if you don't believe in that, you're not going to get there or you'll find ways to sabotage yourself uh, by not, you know, not doing, not taking action, not moving to get to this next level. And it's simply because you don't believe in yourself, not because you're incapable, not because you don't, you know, you don't deserve it. It's just that you are in your own way because you aren't 100 percent confident and don't believe in your abilities and your success. So I think that's something that's really that that can we can find ourselves in um, very easily. And I'll be 100 percent honest and transparent in this moment of like that's something that I, I deal with. Like it's something that I, you know, I try to. I have to learn how to manage because I've, you know, I found success, but there's sometimes I'm kind of like, well, should I be able to do this? Like, but I'm, you know, I haven't been in this arena for that long. I've only been doing this for this amount of time. Do I have enough, you know, experience or clout or whatever to, to move into this area? And everybody on the outside would be like, yeah, you should do it. Like you got it. Oh my gosh. I think you're so perfect for it. And you know, just you being yourself, it's great for this. And I'm like, I don't really know. You know what I'm saying? But it, it, I just have to check myself up and say, okay, so where does this come from? Like, why are you, you have a, a, a resume and a CV for days about all of the great things that qualifies you for this space, you know, and you have people giving you kudos and all of this stuff, like, you know, the proof is, and the evidence is there. Why is it so hard for you to just know that not even to like, believe it? Why is it hard for you to just know it and just be like, oh, I can definitely walk into this because I know me. Like, what does that say about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's like the more success you get, the more insecurity it brings. Um, just for me, as a per, per in my personal experience too, it's kind of like you get to a certain level, and then especially if you got there, and you're like, man, I know so many other people that are more qualified for me for this than me. Right. And then you start you get in a room with people that have done way more than you, right. and you start to get in intimidated I know I do and it's like oh my god so then you're excited about the opportunity but then you're intimidated by the opportunity at the same time so there's the first response is oh my god this is so exciting and then the closer I get to it I'm just like panicked like oh my god right. like am I gonna open my mouth and people can think I'm like a fraud or like yeah I'm not supposed to be here and then I'm gonna ruin all my other opportunities because I'm not really supposed to be at this phase. So, you know, the anxiety and the 
frustration and the fear that comes with it, I think it's is is one of those things. And that's a good point to that's something I mean, that's a good way to articulate it too, because we I think that, you know, our generation is finding success in so many different areas and so many new ways, like, you know, I mean, through the internet, through using the internet as a medium to connect to people and to, you know, expand your brand and to and to be noticed, if you will. And a lot of times that can be tough. Like a lot of people can be critical a lot. Everybody has an opinion. And so everybody's gonna have something to say about it. You know what I'm saying? And that that will call out some insecurities that you may have that you you know you thought in a, for the normal space like I've kind of dealt with it like I'm good with this um I know that you know I'm a good speaker and so I'm fine with it and maybe you might say a word wrong and somebody's like he don't even know how to say power aid or something like I don't know you know what I'm saying and it's just like well dang <laughs> like where did that come from like I thought I was good with this but you know it's is just soliciting all of these external like opinions that aren't as supportive and aren't as positive as is everything else that you've heard um, that got you to that place or even that you believe like that success kind of like shines a light on you and makes you like oh yeah and it's like you have to you feel like you have to be perfect because recently right. this ha- this happened to me I was doing an interview and I'm talking to the man and he's like and I was like well people are saying this about this particular thing and he was like what exactly are they saying about it and so I'm live and I'm like my mind went blank and so I was like you know what instead of making something up I was like you know what I don't know exactly what they're saying about this and it's funny because I did know but you know how your mind just like you just draw a blank and it's like and I'm so sad. So I was like, man, that was stupid, Lisa. Like, how did you miss that? And then, so I'm thinking that in my head. And so we finished the interview. And then I go back, like, on YouTube, like, two weeks ago. And somebody made a comment, like, oh, so how are you going to be over? I understand Lisa's busy and I enjoy the programming. But she should have known that. That's a bad look. And I'm like, dang. Like, yeah. Like you don't, there's no room for error. Like, I'm so sorry. I, I really knew it, guys. I'm, and it's just like, it's it. But it, I had to free myself up to not be the authority on everything just because it's in my field. Right. Like it was in a field. There are specialties. So like I think you know when I think of a doctor. This person is a doctor, somebody's an OBGYN, somebody's a pediatrician, you know, there's different specialties. And so I refer you off. So just because this is in my particular field, it doesn't mean I have to know everything. And so many times I think as young professionals, what like brings us anxiety, and I know it's for me, is because sometimes I carry the weight of trying to know everything about a particular thing. And it's like, it's no way you could possibly do that. So don't be afraid to say you don't know. And I think that free. Yeah. And if, if the person, like the person that wrote on YouTube, like you should have known, well, okay, well, I hope that in whatever field you, you are in that you never mess up or you never have a brain freeze or you or know you just, it. Yeah. You just never not just know. Cause even if you, you know, even if you just didn't know it, like it's, mm-hmm. fine. you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's fine. It's like, if you don't, 
And it's it's crazy because you say this and this this got me thinking about myself, like in my professional. I always I'm always trying to I do so much reading and so much research and, you know, and trying to find because I want to know I want to know everything. And and sometimes somebody will ask me a question about something and it's something that's mine, like that. I know it's a project that I'm working on, that I'm leading, that I know the ins and the outs of. But this one particular thing in this very moment, I don't know. It'll be like somebody's name, like what's such and such name or who's who's responsible for this. And it's like, I can't remember if it's this person or that person. I don't really know. Let me go. When I get back to, you know, to my computer, I'll pull it up and I'll, I can send it to you. And in that moment, I start getting mad at myself because it's like, why don't you? You're supposed to know this like this is this is yours. And then I'll start thinking, oh, well, you know, sitting in a meeting, this person can rattle all these names off and they can remember every person from here to Timbuktu is like, how why is it that I can't do that? But, you know, I got to I got to a point. I remember this one conversation I was having with somebody. I was like, I don't know. You keep asking me for people names and specifics. I have. At any given time, I'm dealing with five different projects at once. Um, all of these people, some some of these people, you know, are the same for two or three projects and then completely different from another. When you want to ask me specifics like that, let me so that I don't give you misinformation. Let me confirm it with, you know, the documents I have. Let me go to my computer and look at it and then I can confirm it. Then I can give it to you. But if you're asking me stuff that's like one off, that's super specific about like somebody's name or where they located or like, Oh, is this person in Virginia as opposed to, I don't know, Maryland. Like, I, do, I, I don't know. <laughs> and that's not like, you know, that's not detrimental to me doing the, the bigger scope of my job. So I, I, do, I really don't know. <laughs> like, but it used to really bother me and plague me having to say that. Like, I don't know. Cause I'm like, I'm supposed to be expert on everything. And I think, we tend to really do that a lot on ourselves, like add this extra layer of like responsibility and, and guilt for not knowing something when it's like, it's fine. Like if you don't know it, you just don't know it. And that's it. Yeah. And I think one of the things that helped me too with that is when I was in, when I was in seminary and I asked my new Testament professor something about the new Testament. And he was like, you know what, Lisa, that's a good question. I don't know. I'll go research that and come back to you. And I was like, oh my God, like you just said that, like you could right. say that. And he was like, yeah, it's, it's like, I don't know everything about the new Testament. And he was like, I don't know everything there is to know. I mean, I've been studying it and I have a PhD in it, but there's just still so much to know. And I was like, well, if you can say you don't know, <laughs> right. I can say I don't know. Right. And like, freedom, right? <laughs> yeah. It was so funny because when I was in, D the last time I was in D.C. speaking and they had a Q&A section and the girl asked the question and I said, I don't know. And somebody came up to me after and was like, this has been great, but the best part of it was during the Q&A and you said you didn't know because that let me know I didn't have to know everything. Right. And I was like, that's this out of this whole thing. That was <laughs> out of all of the gems that I dropped, I'm out here saving people's <laughs> lives. I'm bringing people to the Lord. I'm telling them this. And I don't know was what freed your spirit. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and I was like, but I get it though. Yeah, because it was so impactful for me when my professor said it. Right. 
So, like, uh, that's one of the biggest test takeaways out of all that he's taught me. That was one of the biggest takeaways that I walked away with. So I get how impactful that is when you have taken on this mentality that I have to know because people are looking at me as a specialty, as a specialist. And right. the freedom it gives to say for you to see somebody else that you deem higher say, I don't know. It like really frees you up. Yeah, absolutely. I completely I completely agree. And I think that, you know, what? I think we I think that that's one of the things I think that's the thing that we can that's that's it for this and i kind of want to us like all of our listeners to take away um from this conversation is when we start talking about like you know your self-confidence think there's certain things that will impact that and kind of sway that and you'll start to question yourself and second guess yourself but i think that we just all have to realize how normal and how regular we are and how like we have bouts of moments of in you can have just done no matter what your field is you can have just done something extremely great that like everybody praises you for you praise yourself for you know that it was a great job and then literally the next day you can find yourself in a situation where you're like wait what the next hour <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like wait i don't know if i can do this because you know this is so different but a, a, a part of tackling that is just really giving yourself the freedom and the space to sometimes not know the freedom of the space to know that in this moment I am nervous or I'm not as confident as I normally am. And that's not, that's okay. Like it's not a problem. It doesn't mean that like, Oh, I, I got low self-esteem or what am I doing? Because I am the person that will, I start to be like, well, you know, you should have it together. Like I become even more hard on myself, probably make it 10 times worse because I'm like, you should have this together. Like you're too old to not to be at this space and you're, you're questioning this and other people don't do this and yada, yada, yada. And without just saying, yo, in this moment, I'm not 100 percent confident about this. It don't mean that I'm not going to do it. It doesn't mean that like, you know. I I'm, I don't know that I'm great at what I do or, you know, I've put in work for it. It just means in this very particular moment, I'm not 100 percent confident. But once I go through it, I'm going to gain confidence in this area. Um, so that's what I th I think that that is kind of like one thing that I really want to make sure that, you know, everybody, everybody gets from from this conversation. And just think about in your own realm of the own realm of your life and your career, what you're doing, like because sometimes, you know, it fluctuates like your confidence really will move uh, back and forth. Um, and I, I, I want everybody to like, just think about, let us know, like, what do you do to boost your confidence? And we'll put the article out as well. So you guys can see it and just kind of think about it, but don't think about it just from the state of like, Oh, I got to make sure I do this, that, and the other start asking yourself, like, am I doing these things? Like what's my process of making sure that I'm confident in something when I'm not, because I feel like knowing those triggers knowing what to do in order to put yourself in the more space where you are confident is directly tied to your ability to move to the next level and whatever it is that you want to do like whether it's something to that's continuing in your current career or moving towards another space like you got to be confident in, enough in yourself to know what you can do and how you can do it and what process you need to take so that's what I want everybody to get from this. Y'all hit us up. Let us know what you think um, about this episode. Let us know what you think about uh, confidence, like what your process is uh, to get to that place of being uh, uh, confident. You hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture. And Lisa, you got anything else? 
No, that's it for me. All right, we will be back with our toaster roast. Well, now we're back for our toast or roast. Today, I want to do a roast. I want to roast 45 uh, because we don't know what the heck he's doing. Uh, honestly and truly, I'm wondering, is he like in the early stages of dementia Alzheimer's? It's like almost <laughs> a senile thing going on. And I'm I'm really like, it's, it's beyond like just normal concern. It's like, are you really like do like I bet that his aides like almost have a heart attack every day? Every day. Because I, I feel like you you literally cannot sleep because he doesn't sleep, and he tweets in the middle of the night, like and you wake up thinking like oh everything's good. you go to bed thinking everything's good, you roll over if you're eight like your life is falling apart. Everybody's calling you. Like, could you imagine being his aide? I would like. I, yeah, I don't know how. I have immense amount of respect for anybody that can. I think the man Sean Spicer. I think he probably just gonna stroke up one day, <laughs> <laughs> like on camera, right? Like, it's just he's just be so frazzled because I know he's only repeating what he's been giving. And I don't think it makes sense to him sometimes. Was, yeah. when he's saying it out loud, but he has to say it, and it's like. Man, I just I'm like man. So y'all, you know, pray for his aides because they might, you know. But back to my roast. <laughs> this new budget cut so many different programs from student from um, education fund with student loans and the Pell Grant. And I'm like, dude, you the Pell Grant already took a hit. Like, it's it's way less, or it hasn't been going up. I can't remember what's what's the thing but it's a disconnect obviously with the amount of money people are getting and the amount of money they need to pay for school so you know there's money for allocated for this wall which mexico was supposed to build but now we're building it and i don't know if they're supposed to give us this money back i don't know how and how is if if we couldn't get them i'm sorry i don't mean to interrupt your rose but like if we couldn't get them to pay for it up front how is it that we're going to we're gonna make them indebted to us to pay for this walk. Like mm-hmm. logic, sense. It was just like so many of the small business um, department is getting a cut, and then the uh, minority small business is almost you know non-existent. I don't think anything was in there to help HBCUs as far as funding. If anything, I think cuts were made. And so it's kind of like you made all these promises, but where you put your your money dictates where your heart really is. So we could just look at your budget to see what you're really about. What you say is irrelevant if the money doesn't follow. Um, And so it's just it's just like we already knew essentially that he wasn't going to follow through with this that's why I neither one of us voted for him but for those who voted for him I'm just like and they're still rallying behind him I'm like why like right. it's not helping you at all at all <laughs> what are you doing so I just I it's I don't even know I just I feel like he's going to impeach himself though at some point because he's attacking judges. Um, he's saying things and making comments about pre- President Obama 
about him wiretapping. Like, he's making big claims, and it doesn't seem like he has any evidence to back it up. If if the Republicans are saying, stand down, bruh, like, if your own party is like, what are you doing? And we wish you stopped talking about this, then I think you need to take, you need to do some self-reflection. Because you, you're not even pulling, if you can't unite the Republicans, how are you going to unite the Democrats and the Republicans? Exactly. So, my my roast is for President Trump. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for that, because you know my position on that. <laughs> um, um, I'm actually going to do a toast this week, and it's something I actually just found out about it, um, and I'm only doing it a toast. I'm doing it this week because it's something that has... Um, I've just... I literally just found out about this morning, and there's a hashtag that's associated with it, so I want, I want everybody to go out and try to support it and, you know, find out about it. Um, so, in this... I, I just saw a headline for it, and then I actually saw the headline on, like, The Shade Room or something. Um, but it said that Colin Kaepernick has led efforts to get a 60-ton plane to fly food and water and supplies over to the Somalian people. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And the hashtag is Love Army for Somalia. I just think it's great. I think it's, I think it's amazing that, you know, we have somebody that whenever you have somebody that's 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 uh serving and that, that doesn't have to and that has all of the reasons to just be about themselves and they find a way to steal or they just are still about other people i think that's amazing shout out to the noob for doing it um he's a frat brother so i think it's of course that it, it makes sense but i just want you guys to to support it anybody that's listening go like look up the hashtag love army for somalia i'm gonna look and see if i can get some more information on exactly how to give i think there's a gofundme you know to help support the efforts to you know donate anything you can whether it's a dollar five dollars ten dollars whatever it is um i love to see other young people doing great things for for people and just loving on people man like that's what i'm all about so i saw that and i thought that's really really dope so if you guys can follow it i do apologize that i don't have like all the specifics and the details about where to go and all that stuff now but i'll do my best to get that information and you know post it to our twitter and our instagram so um that's my that is my toast for this week toast to you brother kaepernick um for all the things you're doing and just for anybody that's serving and that's out here trying to help somebody else. I think it's amazing. And that's what we need more of today. And that's what, as young professionals, I feel like that's what we're challenged with doing, like making sure that we're not just making the success that we have about us. And we're making it about everybody and teaching everybody how to get there. So, yep. Success is not success. If we succeed alone. Hey, 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 that's, that's yes. a word. That's a good word. <laughs> That's a old, that's a old Baptist word. I like that. <laughs> so we want to leave you with today's good vibe. Today's good vibe is by Leon Scrump. It says we all want unlimited forgiveness while setting limits on what, when, who, and how much we are willing to forgive, which is self-explanatory. We all want people to forgive us when we do wrong, but sometimes we don't. Um, give that same privilege to others who offend us so let's sow the seeds that we want to receive if we want forgiveness let's forgive so that's our good vibe if you could remember you could catch all our past episodes at brunchculturebc.com you can follow us on facebook at at facebook.com slash brunch culture on twitter at brunch culture on instagram at brunch underscore culture you can subscribe on itunes stitch 
I, I would say that wrong. I think that's right. Yes, Stitcher. Uh, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio by searching Brunch Culture on Google Play. We're everywhere, literally, so you can not you don't have to miss an episode of Brunch Culture. Remember to rate, review us on those platforms. Hey, hit us up with feedback. Share us on the social on social media. Also, our YouTube page is being updated with our new episodes. So you can listen on YouTube as well, which is great um, yes. for those of YouTubers. Um, we're going to just try to um, engage more with you guys with the hashtag ChatBC. And remember, here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion. <laughs>